Radio. Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions, we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will also include a testimony of people who have experienced her love and grace in their own lives. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all the graces and blessings that you give us. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of your mother. And we thank you, Lord, especially this day, for the gift of the Holy Rosary. This wonderful prayer, the source of so many graces. So, Lord, we ask you to be with us and to send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we look at this topic today, that our hearts may be opened, that we may be enlightened, that we may enter more deeply in our prayer life, come to know and love and serve you more and more. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today on Our Queen, Our Mother, we want to look at the, the topic of the Holy Rosary. So many people who have come and shared their testimony with us constantly talk about how, how the Rosary has had such a big impact on their lives. So today we want to just look at some of the history, some of the structure of the Rosary, and how we can enter into this prayer and really be open to the graces that the Lord offers us through this beautiful prayer. So first of all, let's have a look at some of the history of the Rosary. Where did the Rosary come from? Well, in Catholic tradition, we certainly connect the Rosary with St. Simon Stock, whom Our Lady appeared to in the 12th century. But there's no doubt, you know, the rosary had its basic formation even before then. If we go back to the 9th century, we have the Irish monks who lived in monasteries, and each day they would chant the 150 psalms. And those that lived in the surrounding areas and outside the monastery used to love to hear them sing and chant these 150 psalms. But unfortunately, it, it wasn't easy for them to join in because, well, in those days, printing was a major thing. To be able to, to print back in the 9th century was, uh, well, done by hand, not done by machine. And, of course, many couldn't read, read anyway. So the tradition developed that instead of saying the 150 Psalms, which they couldn't memorize, they would say 150 our Father, the Lord's Prayer, in other words. So from this then, developed that idea of keeping count of the 150 by means of some kind of counting mechanism. And so, and then when St. Simon, Simon Stock in the 12th century made the devotion very popular, 
that whole idea then developed between the 2nd and 15th century to the structure that we know today, whereby a decade of the Rosary consists of 10 Hail Marys, beginning with an Our Father and ending in the Glory Be to the, to the Father. And then also the idea of meditating on a mystery of the Gospel while saying that prayer developed. So it really is a powerful prayer. And it's significant in our time because, you know, if you look at the apparitions of the last couple of hundred years, and I'm talking about the approved Marian, Marian apparitions here, almost every one of them, Mary calls us to pray the rosary. So obviously it's very important, and we're going to talk more about Marian apparitions and why um, there have been so many in the last 200 years. So there's a, there's a very urgent call from heaven for us, in a sense, to kind of wake up because uh, we're not on a good path. And, you know, the essence of these Marian apparitions, the basic message is a call to conversion and a call to prayer. And in particular, to pray the Holy Rosary. You know, and we've been told that next to Holy Mass, the Rosary is the most powerful prayer we can say. So it's very current today. We've seen certainly with World Youth Days and Pope John Paul II bring about a, a beautiful revival in the Holy Rosary. But, you know, there's some people who kind of lived through the Vatican II era seem to take the idea that, oh, well, maybe the Rosary's a bit old-fashioned in this post-Vatican II era. Well, I think somebody better tell heaven that because that's certainly not the message that Jesus is giving his mother to tell us. So it's a very important call. And, of course, John Paul II, you know, every time you saw him publicly, so often he was praying the rosary. And then in 2003, he declared it the year of the rosary. And of course, he gave us the added luminous mysteries to contemplate on, which we'll talk a bit more about later. What is the rosary then? Why is it important? Perhaps we should just look at the 15 promises that Our Lady gave to St. Dominic and blessed Alan de la Roche. This promise for all those who have devotion to the rosary. There's 15 of them, so there's quite a bit here, but I think it's good to know because it helps us perhaps take the rosary more seriously if we haven't in the past. It gives us a little bit of motivation. But ultimately, of course, you know, we don't want to be doing things because we want to get something. We want to do it out of love. But these can be good ways to kickstart, to break through that inertia and get into the habit of saying the rosary and realizing the graces and the benefits that are available to us through the rosary. So the first one is, whoever shall faithfully serve me, that's Our Lady speaking, by the recitation of the rosary, shall receive signal graces. So what are signal graces? Well, signal graces is the way that the Lord reveals his will for us shows us a direction to take in life, gives us a little sign, a little hint. Generally not too spectacular, but enough to make an impact on the person who receives them. Somehow it speaks to them in a special way. may not necessarily speak to somebody else in that way. So we need to be in prayer and deep in prayer to be able to have a sensitivity to these signal graces and be able to recognize what is coming from the Holy Spirit and, of course, what is 
coming from an unholy spirit. Signal graces are important ways we discern God's will in our lives. Second promise is that Our Lady promises special protection and the greatest graces to all those who recite the rosary. The rosary will be a powerful armour against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin and defeat heresies. The rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. And it will withdraw the hearts of men from love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire for eternal things. The soul that recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary, says Mary, shall not perish. Whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly, applying himself in the consideration of its sacred mysteries, shall never be conquered by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he shall be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. Whoever shall have true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Those who are faithful to the rosary shall have during their life and at their death the light of God and the plentitude of his graces. At the moment of death they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Mary says, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. The faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the Holy Rosary. All those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. I have obtained from my Divine Son all that the advocates of the Rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of their death. All those who recite the Rosary are my sons and daughters and are brothers and sisters of my only Son, Jesus Christ. Devotion to my Rosary is a great sign of predestination. So there's some amazing promises there, something that should motivate us and spur us to enter into this great prayer. So the heart of the Rosary then is the Hail Mary. When we pray the Hail Mary, Mary comes to us. But she doesn't come alone. Because don't forget, Mary is the Queen of Angels. She's Queen of Heaven. So when Mary is present, so too are the choirs of angels. And of course we can say that the heart of Mary and the heart of Jesus are so united that they cannot be separated. So wherever Mary is, so too is Jesus, her Son. And Jesus cannot be separated from the Holy Trinity, from the Father and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is present. The Father is present. The whole of heaven descends upon us when we pray the rosary. It's no wonder there are amazing graces that come when we say the rosary. 
Now, when we say the rosary, there's two aspects. There's the prayer, the beautiful words of the prayer, which we can say from our heart and is a very powerful. But there's also a meditative aspect, and that is the meditation on the particular mystery that we are praying. And we're going to look at those mysteries in a moment. It's important to identify both those aspects and to use both of those aspects. The idea of having a prayer that is repetitive means that we don't have to read it, means that it just flows naturally. And while it's flowing naturally, we can enter then into the meditative part of the rosary and reflect on the gospel. Because remember, in the rosary, in the meditative part of the rosary, we are reflecting on the gospel, on the events in the lives of Jesus and Mary. When we pray, we need to pray from the heart. We need to pray it with meaning. And we need to be able to pray it at a pace that enables both the meditative aspect and the prayer aspect. Now, I mention this because so often you'll go to people who are praying the rosary and it is going so fast. <laughs> I call it machine gun rosaries. Sometimes after Mass you see people saying the rosary and you've got the people on the left side leading and the people on the other side answering. Before the people on one side have even finished, the people on the other have picked it up and already started to run with it. And they're just going so fast and you can't help thinking, oh my goodness, are you really praying this from the heart? But, you know, in fairness to them, I, I, I dare say what's actually going on in all of this is they're reflecting on the mystery. So they're not paying a lot of particular attention to the words, but they're reflecting on the mystery. But really, you're missing out on a lot because you need both aspects. So I would encourage you to pray the rosary at a pace that you can pray with meaning. Realize the words that you're saying. Allow them to take meaning in your heart, to come from your heart. You know, I mean, you imagine Jesus and Mary right in front of us and we're speaking to them. We wouldn't speak at that pace that I've heard Hail Mary spoken rattled off. We'd say it with meaning. We'd give them eye contact. We'd enter into it. So in a sense, we have to give eye contact with our hearts by connecting with Jesus and with Mary as we pray these prayers. That's what makes them powerful. So we don't want to rush them. And at the same time, if we're saying it in a community, we don't want to make it really slow either. I've been to rosary groups where it's painfully slow and it causes disjointing because no one can pick what is the right pace because it's so slow. Now look, that is fine for your own personal prayer. If you find that really helps you in your own personal prayer to stop and reflect on a word or expression and put a long gap of silence, by all means do it. But don't do it within a community prayer. Okay? We can't impose our personal style of prayer on the whole community. When we pray in community, there's a certain charitableness that has to occur, a certain... You know, we have to have a, a unity amongst us and we have to be aware of the others. And so we, we pray at a nice, comfortable rate that invites everyone to come in and to enter into it.
So just some practical points there, I think, that are, are really important when we pray the rosary. But that point of praying from the heart, meaning what you say, giving that eye contact, in a sense, with the heart, is very, very important. Otherwise, it just becomes a rambling. I mean, that's for any prayer, really. But also in the rosary. You see, because what happens in the rosary, because we know the words off by heart, we don't need any books. We can allow our thoughts to enter into the mystery. And we've heard the gospel story so many times. We can reflect on the events of Jesus and Mary's life and what was happening in that particular mystery. And so there's a real power in that. So we need to be open to that. But at the same time, don't let the repetition get to a point where it just becomes rambling because then we're losing the other side of the prayer and that's the, the praying from the heart and both are very important if you found that the rosary was just your mind wanders and your rattles and all of that then pick up the rosary again but this time pray it from the heart and you watch the way it changes watch the way it suddenly intensifies and then when you've captured that when you've captured that intimacy then you're ready to then launch into the meditative aspect again. And that cycle of meditative and prayer aspect could occur, you know, within the rosary many times. You may find a very the spirit leading you one way, back the other way, back the other way. So that's why it's such a powerful prayer. The spirit is moving and can call things from the lives of the gospel to reflect on our life may call us to be more compassionate or appreciate Jesus' um, love for us in some way. So we're going to leave it there for today and in the next session we'll pick up on part two of the Holy Rosary. So thank you for being with us but please don't go away because we'll be right back with our special guest speaker who's going to share something of how Mary has journeyed in their own life. Welcome back. Today our guest is Elena Oxus. Elena has an amazing story to share with us today. I might add that uh, we have a, a common friend who said to me, look, you, uh, you really need to chat to Elena and get her testimony because she has this wonderful testimony. She's a convert from Islam and she became a Catholic through devotion to Our Lady. So when I heard that, I thought, I've got to interview Elena. So welcome, Elena. Hi, Paul. How are you? Feeling well? Very well, thank you. And how are you? Oh, good. Elena, do you think you might just um, share with everybody a little bit how you came to encounter Our Lady and then how that led up to your decision to want to become Catholic? Sure. My first encounter with the Blessed Mother, after I had decided to look into Catholicism, it was within the first few months of looking into Catholicism that I was given a rosary card. And I didn't really understand 
the relationship of the Blessed Mother and I couldn't really comprehend her importance in the faith because coming from Islam, to me at that time she was just the mother of a prophet. Little did I know was that she's the mother of the Son of God. When I was given this rosary card, I was in the midst of my conversion. So I was going through a really tough time and trying to understand what the faith was about. And I was struggling in a sense where I had so much fear, the fear of losing my family. I was scared of being lonely and isolated because it was such a challenge. I felt like I had an inner battle, an inner war that was going on within me that I couldn't really explain at the time and I couldn't comprehend it because my level of knowledge was very minimal. There was one particular night where I was driving and this card was in my car and I found myself at St. Michael's Parish in Belfield. I'm not sure if you know where that is but it's now my parish where I got baptised and I found myself teaching myself how to pray the rosary. I, at that moment, felt a sense of peace. I, I felt comfort and it felt like I was doing something right. So I guess from that day onwards, I started to pray the rosary every day up until my baptism and since my baptism I haven't stopped and the sense of peace that I get every time I pray the rosary I don't lose. I guess the Blessed Mother calmed my soul when it was so restless and so lost and confused. It was like as my mother she had her arms open and she was ready to carry her lost and lonely daughter and she took care of her throughout her journey. Elena, you might just share with us some time things here, just so our um, listeners can appreciate. I think you said to me earlier that this all began in 2009 when you were about 23, is that correct? That's correct. So I was, it was in 2009 where a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, questioned me on why I didn't believe. I was a Muslim up until the age of 19 and I believed and I practiced. At around 19, I started, I wanted to be deeper in my faith when I was a Muslim. And I looked into it. And the more I looked into it, the more it contradicted itself and it didn't seem right. Something felt wrong. I disagreed with a lot of it. And I just didn't feel like that could be the truth. It didn't happen overnight. So it wasn't over the click of a finger that I woke up and decided I was going to be agnostic. It grew over time. So I was about 20, up until about 22, it took me slowly to deteriorate from my faith. And at around 23, I have a lot of Catholic friends and one of them in particular questioned me in a very calm manner. He just, he just wanted to know why I didn't believe. And when I was trying to explain to him that I believed religion was man-made, even though I didn't admit it to him at the time, I realized how silly I sounded with what I was saying. And I thought, okay, I'm going to look into Catholicism. I went to a Catholic school as well in high school, so I thought it's the closest thing to home. Then as I looked into it, I thought, I can, I'm going to prove him wrong. I was being stubborn. <laughs> Little did I know that 
I was going to start praying the rosary daily. So I guess from then on, because it was within the first few months and my heart was open, I guess the Blessed Mother knew how to draw her daughter to our Lord. Elena, how has your devotion to Mary helped you come to appreciate who Jesus is? And particularly coming from an Islamic background, yeah. I would imagine that is, that's a fairly significant step, bigger step than probably most people. Yeah. I fell in love with the faith after I was introduced to St. Paul's conversion story, which was during Bible studies. I was attending Bible studies to get to know, to, to understand the faith. And my encounter with Christ was, was on a separate occasion, which was again in St. Michael's Belfield. And I guess I had a bit of a difficult childhood, so I hadn't cried since I was 13 and I cried for the first time at the age of 23 and I knew it was Christ. It was a very personal encounter mm. and my encounter with the Blessed Mother being on a separate occasion, even though I knew the two were one, I couldn't comprehend and I couldn't put the two separate stories together until after I was baptised. As peculiar as that sounds, if you're so not in the right state of mind during your experience that it's so difficult to understand what's exactly going within you. You, One morning you're thinking one thing, you're thinking this is the truth, I know what I'm doing and you're sensing it and you're passionate and you're strong and you, you want the world to know that this is the truth, you want the world to know Christ, you want the world to understand the significance of the Blessed Mother. And then, what am I doing? This is, this is insane and I can lose my family. I could lose everyone around me. I'm, I'm going to be lonely. And, and then you go into church and you see Christ on the cross and you see the image of the Blessed Mother and you pick up the rosary and you think, but how can I deny this? This is, this is love. This is, this is truth. And, and you just know that the love that they have for you and the love that you have for them alone just will suffice. You, you feel like at the time your world's going to come apart and people are going to be against you and nothing and no one's going to be there to protect you, but then you realise that a simple prayer is exactly what protects you because the supernatural is protecting you and they're guiding you and at the time, I couldn't understand what divine providence was. I didn't even know what divine providence was. I hadn't even heard of it. And now when I, when I study it and learn it and I look back and I reflect back on my journey, I realized how much the supernatural has worked throughout my life and specifically throughout my journey. And when, when you ask me how I encountered the Blessed Mother, that, that's, what, that's what I think about because it was... I think she's guided me the whole time. I think she's been my mother and and just wrapped her arms around me and, and guided me to her son and said, this is the journey you need to be on. And every time I fell, she pulled, picked me back up and helped me, kept walking towards her son. And it's it's through those providential events where you read something and you think, I have five different questions that I want to ask. And before you get to ask anyone you've already got the answer somehow because you've picked up another book that's answered the questions for you. Um, 
you you meet someone that gives you an answer. It's just the way the supernatural works throughout your journey when your eyes and when your heart is open, it's unbelievable and that's where you know Jesus and Mary are working together. Wow, Elena, that's um, that's one heck of a story. <laughs> it's really powerful. You know, when I listen to your story, I, I really get the sense that Jesus and Mary um, met you where you were at. And it's like, it seems to me, dare I comment on, on your own journey, but um, it seems to me like Jesus sent his mother because you really needed her at, at this time. And she has been so powerful in bringing you to the fullness of faith and to bringing you to to know and love her son mm. and and then I, when you talked about um you know that struggle I, I it really it just struck me it resonated in my own life how how the enemy always tempts us with fear you know tries mm. to bring fear in to take us away from the truth but you know perfect love casts out fear and so you know when you would say that prayer again it's like you got back into the love and the fear fell away and the, and the truth became obvious. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's, um, it's a very powerful story you have there, Elena. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us today. Um, wow, very wonderful story. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. So, well, that's it for today. To all our listeners, I hope you have enjoyed listening to Elena as much as I have. I'm sure you have. And please join us next time on Our Queen, Our Mother. radio.org.au